We yeah, go, again. go ahead. Yeah, I'm live now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm myself. I hit mute because I we were, we were talking. <laughs> I know. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of Face to Face. What is it? It's uh, Friday, November the twelfth. Uh, capping off another week and another week closer to uh, the event. We're looking forward to, of course, the Supercart USA Super Nationals getting back to the 24th edition of that event. But a race happened actually in Las Vegas last weekend, and we'll, we definitely want to talk about the, the Rock Cup USA folks uh, had their event, the Rock Vegas uh, race with big numbers uh, by Planet Hollywood, uh, just uh, beside the strip there. And, and we've got three of the winners from that event. David, Cool to see that event go off. It did not go off without a hitch. We hear about a couple of things that happened kind of a couple of weeks beforehand, but Garrett Potter and his crew. We'll shout out to Garrett Potter. It's his birthday uh, today, I believe, for, for Garrett, right? Let's get a shout out to, to Garrett. He had to jump through a bunch of hoops to make that thing happen. But uh, for, for what we were able to see and watching some of the live uh, camera shots that people were putting on Facebook, looked like it was a pretty cool event. And as we said, three guys going to talk to us about that today. Yeah, from from Michigan and from Canada, it looked like everything went off without without a hitch. Obviously, That's there's it. a lot there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Obviously, yeah. with with going to a new location that they went to uh, behind Planet Hollywood and, and Bally's, and and so it's a, anytime you go to a new location for a temporary circuit, it adds on probably double the amount of work that you typically have when you just host an event. And not not alone, just host an event at the same place that you've been before. So a lot of different uh, things that had to happen in order for the event to have to to get to be completed. Yeah. Uh, and again, learning, you know, building a new racetrack. So that's that's always a key element. You got to understand what the parking lot actually has in terms of surface and 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 other uh, amenities that you need in order to host a racetrack and obviously the paddock, you know, bathrooms and all that, a lot of different things go into, uh, into hosting a temporary circuit like that. Well, and let's, let's give the props to Garrett Potter. Let's, let's be real. He obviously did a couple of races at Rock the Rio, but Dave, he's been doing a couple of temporary circuits as well as part of the Florida winter tour, right? It's really been kind of, kind of the cornerstone of the winter tour in Florida that he's had a couple of temp circuits. So he knows how to put one together. Again, some last minute changes on the parking lot they were going to use, but they were able to get the job done and, and just good for the sport to be able to get a lot of people there. And I chatted with somebody else earlier uh, this week and, and talking about the fact that uh, amazing, the, the 350 or whatever it was at, at Rock, there's going to be over 400 uh, at the Super Nationals. I think that many entries, that many race race drivers out there with teams, Obviously, the industry, you know, getting that the, the influx of cash need at the end of the season, it just keeps the keeps the motors rolling, right? Keeps everything oiled, and to have people racing in Las Vegas at the end of the year like this, I think it just kind of puts an exclamation point. Oh, at the end of been at the end of what's been a great season so far this year. Yeah, everybody kind of ramps up and builds up for for these last two events on the year, especially over the last five seasons that uh, yeah. that we've had the Rock Vegas and and obviously Super Nationals and. You know, and and they were able to host the Rock the Rio last year, so that kept kind of that momentum building for, from 2020 into 2021. And and like you said, when you when you host a number of different temporary circuits, it it's just like practice. And the more you do it, the better you become at it, and you understand what works and what doesn't. So you know, as as Potter and and his crew continue to host uh, temporary events like they'll do at the Florida Winter Tour in 2022, they're just going to keep fine tuning just like you do in the driver's seat or when you're when you're mechanicing uh that event 
So let's bring in, we got three winners, two of them from Texas, one of them from New York. Let's bring in, first off, let's bring Martin Stone in, the winner in the VLR Masters class. We got Jordan Musser, a winner in the Master Shifter category, and Nate Cicero, a last corner, last lap pass to win in Rock Senior. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the EK and Face to Face. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, let's uh, where do you want? Let, let's start uh, with Nate Cicero. Nate, obviously, we talked to you just a couple of weeks ago because you're coming off uh, what's been a pretty cool experience for you. You got a chance to go to the Mazda uh, Spec Miata Shootout. You won that, so you're going to be a factory driver for Mazda next year uh, in their club racing program. Uh, let's first and foremost let's let's ask about coming into the weekend, the, the Rock Vegas weekend. Did you have a little bit of momentum coming in? Maybe some confidence coming off off that win. Um, yeah, I would say so. It was, uh, you know, the USPKS event before that wasn't too good, but it's always nice to come off of something with a win and go into the next race. I uh, just right. had a good feeling going into the weekend. So, yeah, we'll, it was nice. We'll, we'll preface the fact that Nate's out in uh, his place, kind of out in the country a little bit, a little bit of lag based on the internet. So it might, we'll give him a little chance to, to kind of roll in here. Nate, overall a weekend, especially with the competition that they had at Rock Vegas, man, it, when you rolled out first, let's give me the progression throughout the weekend. Did you feel pretty good when you first got on track? Temporary circuits always change, and you told us as well. I was your first ever temp circuit race, right? Yeah, it was my first ever street race, first ever rock race, uh, second time in Vegas. So not first time there, but uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting going into that weekend. And I really like the track right away. I'm, I feel a little more confident on lower grip tracks. Uh, like Road America, I've always been pretty decent there. So, yeah, I I thought it was a lot of fun. It felt fun to drive. I I like the track. I know some people didn't have the best opinions on it, but I thought it was really fun. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Well, well, flow wise, it had a lot of uh, hairpin corners, right? Obviously, you, you, the wide entry there, you could just see hairpin after hairpin, but still a lot of good flow. How long did it take? for you to get comfortable running within the barriers? Because that's something obviously very different. Those people who run regular racetracks with no barriers, you got the grass runoff, much different. Your, your entry's different, your exit's different, the apex, you don't have that curbing. What, what were your thoughts on and how long did it take you to get comfortable driving within kind of the walls, the barriers of a temp circuit like that? I felt pretty comfortable straight away, which I know isn't the case for most people, but um... Yeah, I just didn't really pay attention to them. Had a couple of little scrapes in the first uh, few seconds, right. but wasn't too bad. And yeah, just getting getting nice to listen. Just gotta think of it like a like their curbs in a way, just or like their homestead curbs. You know, try not to drive them like you do homestead. Their homestead but, curbs. You know, just get yeah. nice and close to them, but don't don't go into that. That's it. Yeah, that was kind of my mentality, and I guess it worked. David, you're on mute. Hold on. Let's, let's, um... Just like the real world. <laughs> oh, back on mute again. I got him. And, and then how the how the main uh, main event unfolded. You, we were fourth and fifth for most of the heat races. And then how did the main event unfold for you to get up front? Uh, so I had a really good start. I got up to third immediately after turn one uh, with a little help from the driver behind. Uh, got a little bit of a push, you know, which is fine. Didn't get pushed back, so that was nice. Um, and then I had some decent pace in the first few laps. Jack was pushing me pretty much the whole way. Uh, and we got up to Ryan, and he was able to let me by, thankfully, which was nice of him. But Jack got by with me. 
and then he got past me and pretty much just drove away because he was extremely fast the entire weekend. Just had a tenth or two on all of us. Uh, and then we got up to Detulio, and Jack got by him. I got by him not too long after. And then I saw his radiator starting to come off, and I knew that was going to be my opportunity to go chase him down. Because uh, I knew in, I think it was heat four, my cart got really hot, and the bottom end got a lot worse. I lost a lot of pace, so I knew that was going to be the case for him, unfortunately. Uh, so I was able to chase him down just enough on the last lap to get to him where he had to block uh, and be able to win out that battle. Yeah, an old school kind of over-under. He, he didn't block completely to the inside, didn't hold down to the bottom, and you did the over-under on him. We've seen the video online, which has been great. Uh, you know, when it comes to that point when you're you're sitting second, you're just waiting for the opening. Did you expect the opening to come? Were you surprised when he gave you so much room to the inside of the racetrack? Well, I had a chance out of turn eight, I believe it was, like where all the all the teams were placed. I, I think of it as like the second main straight. Uh, but he was able to get a good run out of there around the outside. Uh, and they were so quick through the last two corners. I know that's where I was struggling the most on the whole track. So I think if he hadn't blocked, he would have probably won. Uh, but he went to the inside in the second to last corner, and I was able to get kind of an over-under. But we were side-by-side going to the last corner. Uh, he went all the way to the inside and then came back kind of to mid-track. So I knew if I went all the way out, I could probably get an over-under. And yeah. ended up working. We were really close uh, through the middle of the corner, and there was no space left for me on the inside. He said he thought there was a little more space, uh, and that's when we went over each other. Um, but I was able to just get that run. And if there was one more lap, I would not have finished the race because uh, when I landed about four or five teeth in my chain, or on my sprocket were pretty torn up. So really, was, uh, lucky to finish. Yeah. Okay. No yeah, that was, uh, if there was one more lap, definitely would not have finished. So it was a close call, but yeah, I'm able to get that. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2022 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program. As a stepping stone onto the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires, Anderson Promotions will debut a new series next season that will provide the ultimate opportunity for driver development for karting's career-minded racers. The new USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship. The champion will win a scholarship worth over $200,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $325,000. Next year, the series will utilize the current HPD-powered Liget JS chassis, and a brand new car with a Halo-type device will be introduced in 2023. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs are available in 2021 for the USPKS, 
and the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and Super Nationals with full product sales and service and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Carding Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private, one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. Trinity Carding Group is also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. And Nate, it's been a pretty big season with Rawlson Performance Group. And I know that you know when you came, obviously came in with them at the Winter Tour a couple of years ago. How much is that? How much has Rawlson become a family for you? Because obviously, I, you know, I, we see what happened under the tent there, but it seems like. You know, you've really kind of worked your way to the forefront of that X30 program because you got Ryan in there and Branyan and, and Hannah, who won the Scusa Pro Tour. But, man, for you to be in the, in the middle of that, uh, that hunt as well, can you speak a little bit about how good, good it is for you to be with Mike and the whole crew there? Yeah, it's awesome to have teammates who, you know, are going to be at the front every race. You know, it creates a little more challenge. But, you know, we're all pushing each other to be the best we can. And doing the data with Ryan, I think, especially helps so much. Just every session, we're always looking at data, always getting, I think, the best out of the cards. I think that's why you see so many of us up front. That's where we get that advantage because we have four or five people that are going to be at the front of the grid. So we know to make or we know what to make changes on and we know where we can get those last couple of tenths or hundredths at the end of the day. Um, that gives us that little advantage over everyone else, which you need in a field this competitive. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, congrats on that win. Let's move over to Martin Stone. Martin, uh, I don't think obviously a lot of people in the U.S. maybe know quite who you are. The cool factor is, is the fact, you you know, Nate's talking about going over data. Well, you were kind of a guy, you know, through the, the last decade that was going over the data with your drivers, right? You have such a uh, a career and, a, and kind of a resume of working with with Tony Tony Kart Factory, Strawberry Racing, uh, working with the CRG Factory as well. Before we jump into what you did this past weekend at Rock uh, Vegas and getting that win in the VLR Masters class, just give us a little kind of insight into into you know where you were, your career as a kind of a factory mechanic, and some of the great drivers you worked with. Yeah, so basically started racing when I was around eight or nine, and then stopped when I was about seventeen. Uh, got into the mechanic inside of it, so went to Italy and lived over there for a while, uh, working with the factory teams and working with some of the best drivers in the world. Some of some of them now are actually on the F1 grid. Um, yeah. So yeah, pretty much worked in Europe for uh, I'd say a good ten years with all the factory teams, and then uh, yeah, it's gone full swing back the other way now to uh, yeah being able to race myself again, which is uh, yeah really cool, really really cool. We love that. We like to welcome guys back because obviously we see them, you know, in, in your racing career. And then you get to the point where, man, I don't have the money to keep racing. We've yeah. seen so many guys become mechanics. We always say that that if we didn't have the racers here, we could have a pretty damn good race just with the mechanics that are at, our, at any race, right? Like national level championship weight racing guys. So you're back at it though, Martin. You, you come over here to the U.S. Um, you know, a couple of years back to work with Bennett. You end up meeting your wife here. You, you end up staying here right now. What brought you back to the seat? What, what was it? What was it that said, "Hey, listen, I want to get back to racing again"? Um, it was a, an escape to get away from the office, so I actually <laughs> went over to Mike Jones's place uh, over at DKC. Yeah, uh, just a little bit of rental fun, and he's like, "Hey, look, we got these new VLRs in." He's like, "Jump in, have a go. Nothing serious." And of course, nothing serious turns out to uh, yeah, just do a club race, do a regional, and then yeah, before you know it, yeah, you're racing in Vegas one year later, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you, you did, you have done some racing this year. We'll, we'll jump into what happened at Vegas, yeah. but you ran. I know you ran the Florida Winter Tour. You did some some Texas Sprint Racing Series. David had mentioned earlier to me that you you ran a USPKS race as well. So yeah. you you did kind of dive in, not just in Texas, but outside as well. Yeah, it was more just to see what championship's going to be good for me next year to do a full season of. Yeah. Uh, Florida Winter Tour was really really good to start the year with. Um, USPKS is something that I'm going to do next year, the whole season, hopefully. Um, so yeah, just trying to see what, what's going to be a good fit for me. So what were the expectations coming into rock Vegas? A pretty, pretty darn good field in the VLR masters class. What were your thoughts coming in first yeah, and foremost? It's the same guy. It's the same guys in X30. They're at the front. And when they come back to VLR, they're at the front as well. So, yeah. um, but the advantage I did have luckily at the temporary circuit, none of them have got any experience at the track. Like when we went to road America, these guys have raced there before and yeah. it's all the other tracks like Ocala when it was there, they've all done many laps. So we're always like a day or two behind. Um, right. So it's good but to go to a temporary track that no one's seen. Um, so that was an advantage for sure. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good. That's let's always let's been talk a little of, bit. Oh. Okay, go David. I was just say, that's always been kind of the thing. It's, it, it helps to level out the playing field going to temporary circuits. Um, you mentioned you went to USPKS that was with the 125. What's kind of the difference between, because you started with the VLR and then you did the 125 there. What, what are kind of the differences in driving with uh, in driving and setup that you kind of do between the two? Um, it's just obviously a lot, the tires are a lot stickier for sure. Um, and that little bit more power. And I'd say rather than having three of you in a battle, there's generally six 
six or more on a train and yeah it, it could be anyone's on the last lap um i do think the 100 cc stuff is more spread out for sure interesting Let, let's talk about the weekend itself coming out of the gates uh, and and t tell me how do you kind of progress? Where'd you qualify? How things go in the heat races? And in the middle of that, kind of tell us a little bit as well. I wanted to get Nate to do it, but we'll go to you. How how much did the track change uh, throughout the weekend at Rock Vegas? Oh my God, uh, quite a lot to be honest. From well, from session one, you could visually see the barriers going in, not 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 like a foot, up to like two three feet moving in each time. And I think by the end they just gave up and they're like, okay, this is where this is where the exit is now. <laughs> So oh, people pounding, to, pounding the barriers? Yeah, and then at really? the end, they were just pretty much just leaving it where it was. So, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, okay. and it's just being brave enough in the sessions just to adapt and just use that bit of exit if the barriers moved in uh, quick enough. So let, let's talk about your main event. Your, where did you start in the main event, and how did things go for you to be able to get the victory? Uh, main event, we started P9. Um, so not, not ideal. We had a, a bad – we had a disqualification in a heat didn't help so put us on put us on the back foot but we knew we had the pace all week so yeah just pretty much saved it at the start went really safe held back at the start had a i didn't want to get a, a bumper penalty so we held back at the start and then just yeah really got my head down and kind of had like a one lap rule of as soon as i got there just immediately get past them so i don't get in their rhythm i'm not on their lines i'm not in, not doing what they're doing just yeah constantly moving forward so uh, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the team a little bit. Obviously, a good squad around you. Uh, give us some yeah. props on the guys you're running with. Yeah, so with Crosslink, they're actually about ten minutes down the road from where I live, so it just Perfect. fits really yeah. well. So I know the boys, Tyler, um, Dre, and yeah, Sean from Crosslink as well. Yeah, just awesome crew, and yeah, they don't, what I like, they don't treat me any differently, and yeah, they're really hard on me for the whole week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's just you. I think it's everybody they're hard on. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. At that level, man, I like to meet when you're hard on guys. Do you plan on running with yeah. them again next year, Martin, if you're going to go USPKS? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's move over to Jordan Musser. We've talked to Jordan a lot. We've seen him on top of the podium a lot. Uh, Jordan, I, as I kind of watched live timing throughout the weekend, it just seemed like it was one of these battles again where it was gonna, eventually going to be you and Ryan Kinnear battling it out. There was other guys, obviously, in the fight as well, but Overall, if you look back at the event, what, what were your thoughts on, on on Rock Vegas and getting another another good fight for for a race win? Yeah, you know it was a little different for me. Uh, obviously, I had visibility to practice times that you probably didn't just because we were timing everybody before the transponders on, and, and, and we had a pretty huge margin going through practice. And even in the time sessions, we were typically two tenths plus up on the field. Uh, I didn't run a new set of tires in practice at all. We started wow. session one on new tires and did not put new tires on again until qualifying. So even though there were people getting closer to me, I was still on old tires. So not only does that give me confidence in just outright speed uh, mm -hmm. because I'm doing it on old tires, but also I know the chassis is going to be really good on old tires. So what I wouldn't say I didn't account for, but I absolutely knew was going to happen, but didn't want to happen is Phil figured it out, right? So by the final, <laughs> clearly Ryan was super fast. In the heat races, I mean, I, I didn't win the third one technically, although I crossed the line first. You know, that's because of the red flag and all that. But I mean, I literally won or crossed the line first in every single heat race. And I would say easy. Like I didn't struggle to make those passes. Uh, final was totally different. Uh, I drove probably the hardest I remember driving ever. Uh, wow. Period Seriously. Story. I, I wanted to win so bad. Like I was so fast all the, you know, all weekend and to be staring at the back bumper of his go-kart, I literally said no freaking way am I losing this race. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's just absolutely not going to happen. 
Uh, and I knew I had the pace. I knew my car was going to be better at the end. So with like, I, I'd lost track of laps. I didn't know what lap we're on. But I knew we were getting really close, or, or I should say, I hope we're near the end because I was out of energy. <laughs> um, my tank was empty. My, my physical tank was empty. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to pass this lap. I don't know where it's going to be. I'm going to do it. It's just going to happen. And, I, and that's what I did. Um, and then ended up, you know, driving to a couple tenths of a set. You know, enough that he couldn't really challenge me. The last two laps are pretty easy. He just kind of cruised around. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. It's been a handful of years, but the Rotax Winter Trophy is back, and we'll be providing Rotax racers with a chance to get out of the cold and into the southern sunshine this winter. With Rotax Grand Finals tickets up for grabs, plus many other prizes, the Winter Trophy will be a must to start the 2022 season. The Rotax Winter Trophy Series will include two events and four rounds, both located in Florida in January and February. The opening rounds will be held on the January 22nd and 23rd weekend at the Orlando Kart Center, and the second event is scheduled for February 26th and 27th at a venue to be announced at a later date. Friday practice will be available at every Rotax Winter Trophy weekend, and each race day will include practice, qualifying heats, and a main event. Over $40,000 in prizes are at stake, including tickets to the Rotax Grand Finals, brand new Rotax engines, discount vouchers for engines, and discounted vouchers for the 2022 U.S. Finals. Race classes include Micro and Mini Max, as well as Junior, Senior, and Masters Max. Head to RaceRotax.com to learn more about the 2022 Rotax Winter Trophy. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field running the GFC GT14 frame, and the SS31 has become a solid contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes, utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years of racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2021. GFC, live your passion. We don't just drive trucks because they're dependable workhorses that let us tackle icy roads all winter and tow a boat on the summer weekends. We also drive trucks because they're fun. And the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is a truck tire made with fun in mind. Like any Cooper tire, the Rugged Trek is designed to do everything you need it to do. It's got stone blockades to protect your tires off-road and whisper grooves for smooth, quiet street driving. 
But with its in-your-face design, like the dual sidewalls that let you choose between two aggressive looks, the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is also a tire that shows off your truck's wild side. It's the tire that's off-road party on the outside and dependable all-purpose Cooper design on the inside. Learn more at coopertire.com. Go with the Coopers. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Yeah, a couple tenths of a second. Here's my question for you. Um, when you're as good as you are uh, through a weekend like that, through the start of the weekend, through qualifying, and you're so good and you're, you know, you're winning the heat races, does it put you in a place of complacency where you're maybe not going to roll the dice on, on the setup and guys can catch you? Like, is that was that potentially the case that maybe you played it a little safe going in, knowing you were so fast, and maybe they rolled the dice a bit, and that's why he was so much quicker? Yeah, so Dave beat me up a bit. My sponsor, Dave Pauly, uh, he beat me up a bit on that. He was always asking me, what are you going to change? What are you going to change? Because he worked yeah. too much. Um, so I'd say, yeah, a little bit. I'll say two things we did. One is I always compare myself to Jake. Like, my barometer is not my class. It's Jake. I have his data. Jake French, yeah. 20 pounds yep. is a difference, but it's not that big of a difference. Like, I know what I should be doing, and clearly Jake is, you know, arguably one of the best, you know, in the United States, period, you know, full stop. And so I'm not dialing my card in to beat Ryan. You know, that's the result. I'm dialing it in to beat to beat Jake. Uh, that's that's my goal. But one thing that's an advantage when you start off right off the trailer and you're fast is we're able to try things that we wouldn't have had time otherwise. Like, we were playing with tire pressures on the first day. You know, and normally you're kind of leaving that alone and you're going to fine tune that later because you're still working on big stuff. And we just like, well, what do we change? Well, I don't know. Let's find this. Let's, let's take two pounds out of the tire and see what it does. And normally you wouldn't have that flexibility. Yeah. Really yeah. Like do, you, do you think with the tire, do you think that's because it's a temporary circuit and there's not a lot of rubber put down? Do you think that helps changing it early or, or, or playing with it early? Uh, no, I think it just gave us confidence so that when we went into the final, I, you know, I knew I was running lower pressures than Ryan pretty much most of the weekend and I knew I could go lower because we'd already tried it. So, you know, if, if you're going to go take a pound out for a 25 lap final, you haven't done 25 laps yet, you don't know what the car's going to do uh, mm -hmm. and how bad it's going to be on the first couple laps and what you're going to have to do to stay in the lead. And I already knew we'd already done it on Thursday. So it was like, a, just an, it was just a confidence thing. Did it ultimately help me win? I don't know, but it definitely gave me the confidence to know we could drop the pressure and I wasn't going to have be totally out of control. With Ryan's under the same tent as you, so is was there, you know, is he in his own corner and you're in your own corner kind of deal? <laughs> That's or... a, uh, so this one race, actually, we were not. He was with Ebler. Um, okay. But normally right. he does play with us. And yeah. absolutely, Dominic, the owner of PSL, puts us at opposite ends. Uh, I'm dead serious. That we're friends, right? But there's definitely yeah. some tension on race weekends. You know, we've yeah. crashed together a lot. Uh, you know, there's definitely a joke in the Masters category that if Ryan and Jordan are racing to lead, there's at least a 50% shot shot that third place guy is going to win. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's spoke outspoken. This is not something that, that Ryan has not heard from other people. And, and yeah. Um, but yeah, they, Dominic puts us at the ends of that tent, and we kind of have this unspoken rule also. We don't share data. Uh, okay. I never look at his data. I look at Jake's. But he doesn't look at mine. I don't look at his. Right. Uh, you know, that's we kind of that's the, we were too close. You know, if we were, you know, three tenths apart or two tenths apart, we try, I, you know, we try to help each other. But it's no, like our data is off limits, so we don't share data. Uh, we do kind of act independently. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's I a like good that. dynamic. I said we were friends off the track, but but on the track or even in the pits, like it is, we're arch enemies. That's for sure. So I like so that. That's good. That's a good lead way. So for for supernats. 
it's it's whoever's in third is going to be in a good spot. Obviously, John Crow was in a good spot. Yeah. He was probably hoping for something. He said after the race, he was like, I yeah. thought you guys were probably going to crash. So I was like, <laughs> I knew I didn't have the speed. So I didn't want to risk nipping a barrier and bending an axle or something. So I yeah. was just like in cruise control. And I knew there was a, I've seen you guys idiots race together. I, I don't know, maybe I'm making idiot part up, but. Uh, I know in his mind he was thinking I've seen you idiots race before, and there's a chance um, you're gonna open the door for me. That's how I won this race last time. Uh, Ryan yeah. and uh, Rob got together. I was a third place. Uh, I was a second place go kart two years ago when I won it. Three years ago, I wouldn't have won. Uh, I saw Rod send it full bonsai retard down the inside of Ryan, and I was like, Ryan's never gonna let that happen. They're either gonna crash, or Ryan's gonna come out ahead, and Rod's gonna be tied up in bear somewhere. And sure enough, they're banging wheels or smoke off the tires. And uh, I go from third to first and win the race. And I saw that unfolding before it even happened. Uh, I love it. (laughs) It's real. Jordan, Jordan, you mentioned really wanting to win this one. What was it about this particular race? Was it was it just was it central on the weekend itself and you being so good, or was there something wider about you wanting to be able to win this race this this year? I think there's three things. One is sure I was fast all weekend, so like to not win would be devastating, right? I was on the front in every time session basically, so that would have been really uh, bad. Plus. you know, I did, uh, I, I practiced a lot more. I normally don't practice very much, like at all. Uh, I drove, I put like two or 300 laps in, in the month prior, which to like Jake is one day, you know, that's my <laughs> month of practice. You know, it was a lot for me for sure. Normally I'll drive like 30, 40 laps the weekend before and then go race. You know, that's my typical MO too busy with work and just other stuff, you know? And, yep. and, uh, I spent probably, I put 50 laps in every Saturday morning, like the four weeks prior. Yeah. I go up the track like eight, nine in the morning, uh, Wilkins and meet me out there or Jake or both. And of course, again, Jake had spent two days, uh, you know, as, as expected for a guy his caliber. And I'd spent a couple hours driving, but I hadn't done that really before. So that I, I wanted to see the results of that effort uh, and money. You know, it's a lot of tires and fuel and, and stuff. Yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and for me also, you know, I'm definitely getting older and I can tell it's getting harder. I'm, there's <laughs> such a huge difference between 40 and 30. It's unbelievable. In fitness. Yeah, once you get to 50. Yeah, I don't want to see. That's John Crow. Yeah, I do. That's yeah. amazing. He's so amazing. I mean, I, yeah, I have so much respect for him. Uh, I hope I can be even half as fast as he is, you know, in a couple more years. It's just, Agreed. it's getting harder. So I know I'm not running out of time. I'm 40. I'm not ancient here, but no, you're I'm, good. it's getting harder every year. So, it, it, and it's the opposite. When I'm from, when I started racing at 20, you know, I started pretty old. So every year I felt I got better. Like it was e- not easier, but like, I felt like I knew more, knew more, knew more. And although I still learn every weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for you know 20 years now, and I, I truly learn something new every time I drive, and I mean that. I, I'm getting not worse, but like I'm having to do all that work just to stay the same. So yeah. uh, every year is getting tougher. So it, it feels good. I think every year I win now, it's going to be like a new elation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Jones. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, say. Brian McCaddy, 45 <laughs> painful enough. Yeah, 50s hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they know uh, it's not easy. Well, Jordan, you're really just old school masters now because masters was always 40 and up. So now yeah. you're just really masters, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get it now. Uh, at 30, where do you, hey, where like, do you test, by the way? That bad, but now where do you test? Jordan, sorry, where do you test? Uh, where do you NTK. test? NTK. NTK. Uh, Martin, you Yeah, we. So Jake, uh, I try to follow Jake around basically because they drive all the time. So I try if I'm going to test, I try to go with them. Again, I can yeah. learn. Rubber gets laid down. Uh, you know, no, nothing better trying to follow him lord knows i can't um but going we go to speed sports sometimes as well uh rudolph's place uh it's it's nice to change it up but NTK is where i do most of my driving just gets so close and with um you know i used to go to mike jones's place all the time i mean i used to go to dkc uh that was where we went actually that was like all we did 10 years ago um but the last few years the track has degraded a little bit 
uh, just because all the rental cars. There's nothing you can do about it, right? But I'm looking forward to. He just invested, I don't know, like four million bucks, and I don't want to put the number in his mouth, but yeah, but some big number to redo the track. I mean, if you guys watch the website, but they're redoing the track completely. Uh, I think they're doing like two tracks, so we can run. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So my guess is, you ask me the same question uh, next year, and I'll be saying I'll be at DKC quite a bit. Hey, Martin, I know you're close to DKC, and you you go out and race with uh, drive around with Mike Jones a little bit. Uh, have you had a chance to get out there to see what they're doing on the racetrack? Uh, no, this, I think they just started tearing up as we were in Vegas last week. So okay. yeah, I haven't been out there just yet playing catch up this week. But yeah, it'd be good to uh, yeah get out there and get tested with Mike again and yeah hit him around a little bit. This is really has been our Texas Cardi week. We did a show yesterday with a bunch of guys from Texas, part of the you know part of the whole Texas crew, uh, and then of course we turn around and get a couple of Texans that <laughs> here to talk about it as well. Nate, Nate, I apologize. You're the only lone Texan not as a guest, but. We talk about testing. How much testing did you do, Nate, going into this? I don't think you did a lot, did you? Did, was there anything you could do to get ready for a temp circuit? No, I did nothing. Uh, <laughs> I was just – it was GoPro and then uh, the Mazda shootout and then this. So, yeah. Well, guys, let's, let's wrap things up here. Jordan, uh, I'll go to you, then I'll go to Nate, because obviously momentum is a key thing in motorsports. How How big is this win, Jordan, for you? Not you know being on the temp circuit, getting a feel for it, the chassis itself. How um, how confident are you now? Maybe going into Supernats at the end of the at the end of the uh, really end of the year, start of December. Yeah, so I mean, obviously the chassis are working the best they have in probably five plus years for real. So that's confidence. Okay. Um, you know, I'm confident because I think I'm actually more confident the way I won the race. You know, uh, I didn't just drive away; I did in the heat races. Uh, I had to use the speed. I mean, I had to have that right, but I had to do a little racecraft and I had to think through the strategy of getting uh, you know uh, by Ryan cleanly and and so I, I would say I'm I'm very confident. Uh, I, I like the results of the hard work I put in. You know I it just it, it's you know with with my schedule these days work uh, getting away and doing that stuff is actually pretty difficult. And I really yeah. I, mean, I have to plan for it. You got to mount tires. It's not like you just show up the track and drive. There's all the other work that goes into it. So uh, <laughs> super confident that I see results from the effort because that's not always true. I've definitely when I was younger especially. Uh, put in the effort and didn't see the results. So uh, I'm super confident. You know, we got a great motor program uh, with PSL, a great chassis. You know, uh, Poly Restaurant Group's been been absolutely anything we need. He he's wrote some, written some big checks. Uh, you know, last few years to make sure we're on the podium, uh, to make sure the right equipment to be on the podium. And yeah. uh, so everything's behind me. I, I I don't see any reason why we won't uh, be having a conversation about what it feels like to win my first Super NASCAR in a couple weeks. That's awesome, dude. I like to hear that. Nate, let's you know, let's talk about putting in the effort and getting the results. That's something you've done over the last couple of years uh, when you know making your national debut and then the 100cc program in KA and then now jumping into X30. Your first season nationally in X30, you cap essentially cap it off thus far with a win at, at Rock Vegas. What does that mean to you now, momentum-wise, confidence-wise, going into the Super Nats at the end of the year? Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty good event. This was kind of my testing for Super Nats. Uh, yeah, I feel good in the street tracks, you know, coming off with a win is going to be nice. Um, and yeah, I, that's kind of all I got. That's my, uh, or this will be the last time I drive before Super Nats. So going with a bit of a break, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get up speed quick on that track and get a good setup and hopefully have a, have a nice weekend again. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it makes Martin, you guys feel any oh, better. Go. Yeah. 
Sorry. Uh, if it makes you guys feel any better, I'll be 17 for Supernat. So. Yeah. No, that does not make us feel better. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Cole, drop Cicero. I'm be a year yeah. older. There. I'm, getting, I'm getting a year older for Supernat. I didn't race until I was 27 was the first year I started racing. Man, crazy. Martin, I was going to come to you saying the fact that, uh, obviously, you're going to have that fear of missing out because you're not going to be at Vegas. I'm sure you can't wait until potentially the Winter Series. Are we going to see you at the Ford Winter Tour again next year or, or the Scusa Winter Series? Yeah, I'm going to do both potentially. So, yeah, time now to get in X30 and, yeah, get some testing under my belt. And, yeah, there it is. No, no days off. Here's another little shot here. Mike Smith says, huge tip of the hat to Martin and the whole Crosslink team, bloody quick. We know Mike obviously was very quick in the category as well. So there's one of your competitors giving you a shout out there, Martin. Yeah, they're all great guys. All the guys at the front were just, yeah, top of their class and yeah, hats off to them. Well, you know what? The bottom line is we're, we're happy for you guys uh, winning there. We're happy for the sport, having a great run there. Shout out to Garrett Potter, Potter and the whole crew from Rock Cup USA to get that event out, get that Rock Vegas done. Of course, we'll look forward now to the Super Nationals. Nate, Jordan, Martin, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Uh, three victorious gentlemen there, David Cole. Very impressive what they were able to do. And you think about the different stories, right? Nate has never run a temp circuit before. He ends up coming out as the big dog uh, in the, uh, the the Rock Senior category. Martin, of course, coming back to the sport of everything he's done over the last couple of decades. Great to see him out there really kind of raising the bar of the uh, the VLR category. And then, of course, Jordan. Man, he, he talks with a lot of reverence to Jake French. But, man, I, you know what? This body of work, these – Jordan Muster's a legend in our sport. It's got to, I don't know. I don't know how more to say it. It's just impressive, is it not? If it wasn't for last year, him having to leave for the second weekend at the uh, summer festival, he would have probably six pro tour championships under his belt. Right now, it's only five. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, that ties obviously uh, Ryan Ryan uh, Norberg for the uh, for the most in history of the series. So what did he just say? He's never won the Supernats. I thought he'd won the Supernats. He's never won the Supernats. Oh, him and Norbert. So all our guests have never won the Supernats. So (laughs) obviously Martin won't have the opportunity to try and do that, but Nate will have the opportunity. He's got one above all his other RPG teammates. No, none of them have never won in Vegas. So he's got that over them. So, uh, I just, uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, I just look at my 25 years of doing this, and you know, really 22 as a as a really primary journalist in the U.S. And just when I look at Jordan Musser, it's the guy that I've been talking about the entire time. Like he literally has been one of our absolute legendary championship top level racers uh, for well, that yeah. whole time. Because if you don't count all the master stuff he's been doing over the past what five to eight years, you talk, you can talk about his career in Rotax when Rotax really began. He won. The yeah. Grand Nationals four times, three <laughs> in the senior category, and then once in DD2. Yeah. So he's been to the Rotax Grand Finals a number of times. You know, it has has those titles on his resume. Unfortunately, Nick Nary and Danny Formal both have more than he does now. But that's not because, you know, that's because Mustard stepped away from Rotax competition. Otherwise, he'd probably be the all-time uh, leader for that, uh, for that side of the sport. But just... Again, what from basically 2000 all the way up to now, like Musser's name has been relevant in the karting world. It's no doubt about that. Unbelievable. And a big, big thank you to Jordan for joining us. Of course, Nate and Martin as well. Again, uh, wrapping things up with three of the winners from the Rock Vegas event that was last weekend. Again, another time, like I said at the start of the show, we'll give a shout out to Garrett Potter. Happy birthday. 
I uh, hope you have a great day. Maybe you got a day off after spending so much time trackside in Las Vegas to make things happen. Otherwise, we're done, folks. There is a ton of content coming, a ton of live on here as well. We're going to do our Outlap Preview podcast, two of them actually separate to live, live shows, primetime shows, um, the week of Thanksgiving. Dave, we're lining up, right? A couple Outlap shows. We're going to have some guests on us. All about the preview to the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, which will happen on the first week of December. We'll wrap that up with likely a couple of debrief shows afterwards as well. So much content coming out uh, for the Super Nationals. We're excited to get back there. I'm excited to get back on the mic once again. Of course, it'll be live on Facebook on the Supercarts USA page. Just awesome to have a couple of massive events happening in Las Vegas to cap off the season. And as I've said before, to put an exclamation point on what has been a tremendous year. You look at some of these big events we've had, Pro Tour massive, USPKS record numbers all year long. Cup Carts North America for grassroots Briggs and Stratton racing. They're massive spring nationals, a ridiculously big grand nationals at Newcastle. And of course, capping off with a couple of great races here in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great uh, way to end the season. And of course, then kicking off the 2022 campaign. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it on behalf of David Cole. My name is Rob Howden. 